Do you have ongoing issue with your tummy and digestion? Do you know that you react badly to some foods, but just really don't know why? In today's midweek motivational episode of The Nutrition Couch, Leanne shares a digestive health case study, which is an example of a common tummy complaint we hear from clients regularly. Hi, I'm Susie Burrell. And I'm Leanne Ward. And each week we bring you The Nutrition Couch, the bi-weekly podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know in the world of nutrition, as well as gut health. Our weekly product review is on a fab calorie-controlled frozen meal that we found at Audi and love. And we have been very busy cooking up some warming winter breakfast that you are also going to love. So for those of you who weren't familiar, Leanne is actually a digestive health specialist. And for a number of years early in her career, she actually worked at a tertiary level at a hospital in Brisbane, concentrating on digestive issues and complaints. So we thought it was time to bring in some of that expertise because we know we've got a lot of people listening who have some irritable bowel-like symptoms. Yep, definitely. So I worked as a senior gastroenterology dietitian at one of the smaller Brisbane-based hospitals here. I really, really enjoyed my time there. So that's why my primary focus is when I work with my ladies, it's around fat loss, it's around that emotional and behaviors behind eating, but also really around digestive health and hormones as well, which I really, really love. And what I do find is that the predominant bulk of my clients with IBS are either that one spectrum where they're more that diarrhea or the other spectrum where they're more that kind of constipating and that sluggish and that bloated. So today I wanted to talk through a very quick case study with a client of mine who was more of that constipation predominant type IBS. So she was full, sluggish, bloated, really like didn't go very regularly and had what we term that incomplete evacuation, right? So when you're going to the bathroom to have a bowel motion, you might have a small bowel motion, but you never completely feel like you've fully evacuated, but try as hard as you could. She could never really clear out or have a proper bowel motion like she would describe. So within a couple of weeks, we saw some really, really great benefits. But what I really saw from her, Susie, so she worked with a dietitian and this is where choosing a dietitian who specializes in the field that you're after is really important. She just went, you know, to her doctor who said, you know, you did a couple of blood tests, you've got IBS, you know, it's related to constipation, go see a dietitian. She went and saw the one attached to the GP clinic that she was at didn't get very far because they were like, look, just increase the fiber in your diet and you'll be a lot better. So when she came through me, what she was doing was using a lot of like high fiber type cereal and protein bar products. So she's choosing these high fiber cereals that had upwards of 10, 15 grams of fiber in there. And when I look at them, it's not the type of fiber that we really want to prioritize too much for constipation. Like it's a lot of like added prebiotic type fibers, the big one being inulin, a lot of these products. And same with these protein in these snack bars. She's chowing down on these as snacks. And a lot of them have 12 to 15 grams of, you know, prebiotic type fiber in there. And what was happening is it was actually making her gas and her bloating a lot worse because she was quite sensitive to them. And I myself are very sensitive to inulin as well. That's a lovely prebiotic fiber. What it does is it helps to feed the good bacteria in your gut. So from a gut health perspective, prebiotics are wonderful. We love them. But in sensitive people, a lot of people, myself included, can't tolerate inulin, particularly at those really high levels. So what we did is we took out a lot of like the processed foods that were high in fiber. We added in a lot more of the whole grain type foods. Now, when you're increasing fiber in the diet, for one, you have to do it slowly. And two, you have to do it with a lot of water. If you do it too quickly... 
and you don't add the water or the hydration component to match it, you can actually make things 10 times worse, Susie, which is not fun for anybody. So we went very slowly. We increased fiber slowly in the diet over you know, the course of six to eight weeks. We made sure that her hydration was on point as well. And another really important strategy for constipation management is really making sure that you're moving. So it doesn't have to be like an hour and a half session in the gym every day. It can simply be 10 to 15 minutes of walking. So what she'd do, she'd get up, she'd have a cup of coffee, she'd go for about a 10, 15 minute wander down the road, around the block, whatever it was. And then she'd come back and we'd focus on a higher fiber breakfast option to really get the bowels going because the bowels really work well with fluid, fiber, and physical activity. The three Fs I used to call them, not that physical activity is an F, it's a P, but you know, the drill, the, the fluid, the fiber, and the physical activity is my sort of trio for constipation management. So we gave her things for breakfast, you know, like rolled oats, we added in nuts and seeds, we added in things like chia puddings, even smoothies, where we could add in a lot of fruits and vegetables to them as well. And then lunches and dinners were really based on, you know, whole grains. We really prioritized things like legumes, but again, being a sensitive tummy, we did that very slowly. If you're not someone that is used to eating a lot of beans and legumes and you just dump a whole lot into your diet quickly, I can pretty much guarantee you that your gas is going to be horrendous. So you need to do things very slowly when we're working with a lot of fiber. And really what she noticed, one of the first things was we really focused on a lot of the soluble fibers, so that gentle bulking type fiber to really help to give her a, a complete stool. So what we really did was we can, we changed the consistency of the stool long-term. We got things a lot more regular. And what I find with a lot of the the bloating and the gas complaints with a lot of my clients, Susie, is that a lot of that goes away if you can fix the constipation. If you can get the bowels ticking over regularly, you don't get as much of that buildup or that blockage. So a lot of the gas and the bloating goes away with it because things are actually moving through properly. So it's really just a focus on more whole foods versus these like processed type high fiber foods. It was really eating regularly as well. She tended to just have a couple of coffees in the morning on this really high fiber cereal, kind of skip lunch or eat on the run, snack, 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 and then have dinner. So what we did is we got her eating regularly, but not constantly snacking and grazing. So I wanted three good quality meals in a day and snacks only if she was hungry and she didn't do a ton of activity. So we actually didn't really need a lot of snacks, which worked well from a fat loss perspective. She got some great fat loss results as well. But with the snacking, I find that your gut actually needs rest. It needs time to digest the food and it does well with periods of rest. So I don't like my ladies when we're working on digestion and hormones to be constantly snacking and grazing throughout the day. So that was another thing we did that really improved her digestion overall. So really just that focus on a little bit of extra movement, whole food focus, more fluid, more fiber, but slowly and not getting too much in from like a more like an artificial fiber type perspective, really working with more of a whole whole food base as well and cutting out the grazing and going towards more balanced meals every day. Really the constipation was a thing of the past. The bowel movements are very regular. She was no longer experiencing that incomplete evacuation type feeling. And a lot of the gas and bloating was very, very manageable. I mean, some gas and bloating is normal. That's a part of being a human, particularly for females around their cycle. You will feel a little bit more gassy and bloated. A lot of ladies do report that they they have a little bit looser stools just because of the big hormone drop around that time of the month. That's all a little bit normal, but you know, hers was quite abnormal. It was it was there on a regular basis. It was causing her significant pain and and issues just with the daily quality of life as well. So we really had some great results just. From from those kind of simple strategies that we worked on over the, you know the period of kind of a couple of weeks to a month or so. 
We get so many questions about digestive health and I think modern life, low-fiber diets, stress, too much coffee. You know, if you think about it, they all contribute to some discomfort in the digestive system and over time we change the diet to suit it or the we eat poor, more poorly or all those things. So you can understand why and, and certainly if you're a sensitive person, one of the first places you'll feel it is in your digestive system. So very good practical tips, Leanne. All right. Well, changing tone a little bit, when we find a product in the supermarket that has outstanding nutritionals, we get excited and we'll send each other the nutritional panel. And that was exactly what happened this week when Leanne sent me one of the Aldi Fit range of frozen meals. Now, Aldi have got several different frozen meal varieties there. They've got kind of the cheap versions, which is like the lasagnas and then kind of the meat and veggie mixes, which are a lot are actually pretty good. Then they've got kind of their super nature style whole food based meals, which might have rice, pasta, sort of energy with some sort of medium nutritionally. They're a bit low on protein, those ones though. Yeah, they tend to be higher carb, more whole grain quite low calorie, but it's kind of marketed as their more boutique, nutritionally dense range. But then they've got this amazing new range that has been there probably for the past maybe year or so. And it's called, the. it's sort of got Audi Fit and they're in a black box. They're at a higher price point, but I want to say it's not too high. I want to say it's like $6.50. It's certainly not as high as a premium frozen meal in supermarket, which can be up to sort of $8, $10. I couldn't tell you the exact price, but I think it's about $6.50. We'll have a quick Google now and see if we can find that. Now, there's all different ones. There's a few that are there at the moment as a special release. Like there's a burrito bowl I bought for Chris actually, which had quite nice nutritionals. But the one we love is the mashed pea and chicken one. And it's got 380 calories. It's got a massive 30 grams of protein, which is so high for a frozen meal. It's got almost 20 grams of fat, but it's 330 grams, which is quite heavy. And it's still not a high fat food. It's only six per hundred grams. So still pretty reasonable for a meal. The saturated fat's not as low as we would like. It's actually 12.5 per serve or 3.8. I'm just looking where that's coming from, a bit of the milk going through it. And it's got only 16.5 grams of carbohydrates, so less than two slices of bread, 10 grams of sugars, which is not low but not overly high, a massive almost eight grams of fiber, and then it's got 1,060 milligrams of sodium, which if we're honest is a little bit on the high side. But the reason is, as Leanne just pointed out to me, it's 50% pea mash, so it's got a really high veggie base. And then it's got, it must have a massive amount of chicken, yeah, 24% chicken with to give 30 grams of protein. And then it's got some other veggies in it, some tomatoes, bits and pieces. But I really can't fault it for the price point, the calories, the protein that you're getting, 30 grams. You're hard pushed to find that for a meal that's less than $10 or $12 in the supermarkets. It's really good. So it's a big thumbs up from us. And I'm actually also going to share the nutritionals on that 
Mexican Bowl because they're really strong as well. This is a special release one. But just did you do a quick search the price? Yeah, I've just looked up the lemon pepper chicken. So they're called the Health and Vitality Fit Range at Aldi. They retail for about six, or the article I found says $6.49, so $6.50. But the annoying thing with Aldi is they're not really online. So it may or may not be a little bit different. I don't know how old this article is, but I think about $6.50 from memory. That does sound right. And you just heat it up. It's a one serve, like, you know, for basically 400 calories and 30 grams of protein. Like if you went out and bought chicken breast yourself, you'd be paying at least $6 and that's without any of the vegetables. So yes, it's a longer ingredient list, but it's pretty clean and it's 50% peas as well, which is, you know, you're getting in some veggie bulk, you're getting in some fiber, like dietary fiber, 7.9 grams, only eight grams of dietary fiber in that meal, which is amazing and really well carb controlled. Like people might say, oh, it's all peas, it's all carbs. Peas have significantly less starches than, you know, other types of carb carbohydrates. If you're bulking this with rice or pasta, the carbohydrate content would be far higher. So, you know, that's a standard serving of carbohydrates. If you're insulin resistant or you've got diabetes, that's a wonderful product. You know, 16.5 grams of carbs with 30 grams of protein to buffer that out and nearly 20 grams of fat. You're really doing a good, you know, service to your blood sugar levels. This is, it's a good quality meal. You can always add some extra vegetables in there as you're heating it up as well. It's very affordable. It gets a a thumbs up from me. I haven't tried it, but I must say the picture looks pretty tasty. Offer oh, a lunch for six fifty for thirty grams of protein. You can't go wrong. Now the other one they've got is the beef burrito bowl. And so this one has got brown rice. So it's got twenty one grams of protein, forty seven grams of carb, twenty six grams of fat and five forty one calories. So it's a bit more energy dense. So that's better for someone who's sort of exercising a male versus that fit lemon and pepper chicken, which is is really good for women, the lighter carb load. But yeah, for $6.50, you cannot go wrong. You are hard pushed to find any foods like that. So yeah, big thumbs up from us. We are big fans. All right. Well, to wrap us up today, we know you love our recipes. And when we're naughty and don't put them up straight away, everyone gets very upset. That's usually because we haven't been that organized. And we're going to try and be better. But the one we've got today is crispy egg cups as a breakfast option. You could actually also do them as a lunch because I've got a lot of clients saying to me, they're bored of breakfast cereal, they're bored of eggs. So you're going to like this. This is just a muffin tray recipe. Now you make it with wonton wrappers. Now you find those in the fridge section of supermarkets just for a little crispy base that's reasonably carb controlled. And it's a mixture of feta. We've done some lean ham, but you could also do smoked salmon, six eggs, spring onions. And you basically, in the oven, pop the little wonton cases in the muffin tray, add a little bit of feta, a little bit of ham or smoked salmon, your eggs, some spring onion and pepper, and bake them for 15, 20 minutes. And you've got this delicious, tasty little crunchy egg cup that you can have as a warm breakfast on the go. If you had one or two of those with a coffee, it would be a tasty, delicious breakfast. And just to mix it up a little bit and do something different because I know people get bored. And, um, yeah, we've, you could use parmesan in it. People who have made it this week have really enjoyed it. So that might give you a little bit of brekkie inspiration. Yeah, and I love using extra breakfast. I was talking to a client today and they're not planning on having a baby in the next sort of year or so, but she's like, what are some of the key nutrients that I should add in? I was saying, look, eggs are really underrated. Like the colon and eggs are really, really important for things like fertility. So I'm a big fan of having eggs a couple of times a week, particularly if your goal is, you know, a pregnancy or fertility or something like that. I really think they're a really underrated food and they're very affordable as well from a protein perspective. And they're very filling, you know, the protein and the fat content and eggs is wonderful. So I'm a fan. I use them a couple of times a week. And, you know, if you're getting a bit bored of just the standard eggs on toast, definitely give Susie's recipe a whirl. That sounds delicious. I think I might try that. 
And it's it's easy and just a bit different. So yeah, we'll pop that up on our Instagram if you are keen to give it a go and feel free to post and tag us at the Nutrition Couch on Instagram. Well, that brings us to the end of the Nutrition Couch podcast for another midweek motivational Wednesday. Please keep telling your friends about us so we can continue to grow. And we look forward to seeing you on Sunday for our weekly episode drop. Thanks for listening. Catch you guys next week. Bye.